Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 136. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone. Uh, today's main show is coming through uh, Zoom audio, so slightly yes. different slightly different today, but uh, it was good to get the uh, the show. We thought we'd get the show out a day early for everyone. Um, it's been a, I think it's when it's a Friday night game and you win by more than 10 goals, then uh, it, it's a positive outcome. So uh, look, a lot to discuss in, in today's game. Uh, probably there's Hopefully everyone's a little bit upbeat because I know there's a little bit of people saying we should have won by a hundred and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, yeah, I I get all that. I'm with with you on that, but yeah, no. But no one, no one, if you said Essen's going to win by 30 points, you all would have taken it. So, uh, I I am that person, right? Because remember we said on the, on the Patreon show, Scotty, Scotty called five to six goals as a win. And I went, Oh, I think, I think 11 points or something like that. And we went out and pantsed them. Ten goals is ten goals, mate. That's nothing to it. Yeah, and look, I felt like it was one of the more mature games that we've played. I felt, I felt every quarter we came out, competed hard, and just continually just increased the score. Not by probably the margin some people wanted, just by how much overwhelming ball we got. And I think, I think like we had thirty more inside fifty, so. It was, a, it was a, a bit ridiculous. people out there that wanted us to beat them by 20 goals. Yeah. And they wanted them to beat them by 30 goals. And it's, it's, um, we, we, we still have trouble going into forward 50. There were signs. Signs were signs slightly better, but I, I yeah. yeah, we'll talk all about that. But look, overall, a 10 goal, that's our third 10 goal plus win of the season. Uh, so, you know, we don't do that as a club. So, you know, it, it just continues the trend that, that things are turning and things are changing. Consistency, uh, Scotty. Consistency in a word um, that we 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 do what we need to do, or we did what we needed to do um, to a a depleted and somewhat um, sort of not real good side in Adelaide. Um, we came in, we beat them by ten goals, and from the names that we had on the park. I didn't see it in the Patreon discussion that we had, but from the names that we had on the park and the consistency in which we're playing at the moment, we are a, not probably 10 goal better side and keeping them to two goals total. Um, <laughs> but we are, yep. yeah, we are a much better side than, um, than Adelaide at the moment. And we did what we needed to do. We were consistent throughout the whole game. There was no big comebacks by Adelaide. We could be put the foot on the throat. We kept it there and then we left. That was it. It was great. Yeah, I I kind of see it the same way. I thought it was just a mature, professional performance. You can always nitpick everything, um, but I, I don't think yeah. anyone should be a, a, a team as inexperienced and, and young as ours should worry about a ten goal win. Uh, people yeah. people tend to get a smidge ahead of ourselves, and like we we get a ten goal win, and then we want it to be fifteen goal wins, and we want that to happen every single week, and. We're not at an argument with um, uh, discussion slash argument with somebody on Facebook about how we're not hard enough as a team and then we've got to be harder and, and more tough at the ball. And I, uh, yeah, I, okay. Yeah, great. Everybody does that. But that was, that was Mark Harvey's day back in the day when people were getting slammed left and right. It's not AFL football anymore. That whole, like they, they will legislate against you being hard at the ball and 
bumping people and all that stuff. That doesn't exist anymore. So it's the kind of football that we saw on the weekend um, is that's it. That's the new footy. It's, it's, we didn't get it into our forward 50 as well as we'd liked again, um, but we still beat a side by 10 goals. It wasn't the prettiest 10 goal um, win you'll ever see. It wasn't and the prettiest Adelaide, game to watch, to be honest, even though it was really fun in, in a weird, it was yeah, kind yeah, of like, it was, wasn't pretty, but as an Essendon fan, yeah, you enjoyed it, but it wasn't a pretty oh, game to watch. Under no circumstances was I worried about that game from the moment with the ball was bounced. Like we, <laughs> we had that game from the moment it was balls bounced. It was super fugly throughout the first quarter and pretty much the whole game. Um, but yeah, no, no, we, we, we did what we needed to do. And that's, um, that's all you can ask of the club. I love it. We're just progressing with consistency. It's great. Now, uh, look, totally agree. And, you know, last week we were obviously saying, um, remember we were talking about marks inside 50. We were just not getting uh, any marks inside 50. I think we had like five or six. And, uh, and But, you know, we've, we've won marks inside 50 by uh, 13 to 2 this game. So it's just just a slightly uh, better improvement uh, kicking from the midfield to the forward. Still, yeah. you can tell, look, I still feel like it's a bit of an off season of a whole lot of work still to, still to come in that area. It's not going to be magical overnight, but we had, no. we had uh, what, 29 shots on goal. So, it, you know, we obviously didn't kick it as straight as we'd like to. So, but you can't argue with 29 shots on goal. That's going to, that's going to win you most games. So. That, that, and that's the thing. Like we, we, there's one where Jakey was streaming out of the middle and um, I think Kale had got a couple of meters on his bloke and it, Jakey just rifled one. Like he shot it with a dirty, great big amount of power um, and probably three meters to the left of Kale. He just missed the man, right? Yeah. So um, there's that kind of lowering, especially from one of the the guys that we would love to see him lower his eyes just a smidge um, in Jakey. But there was far more emphasis on that. Um, now we just need to, I don't know, we just need to figure out that spacing inside 50 but you're right. 29 shots on goal means that we're we're getting the ball in places where we can get it inside forward 50, and through sheer weight of numbers, we end up doing well. Uh, one thing, look, we're gonna obviously we'll talk a little bit more uh, after a break coming up soon, and we might go into the whole defensive six after the break because I think that's almost a segment in itself. The it's defensive, just, yeah, that's but brilliant. I want to talk about that 28 shots on goal and what I felt like was a really important ingredient to this. And there's a really interesting stat that came from uh, the game. So tackles inside 50, which means oh. how, how much of forward pressure it is 20 to three. Yeah. The tackles that, inside. So that, that from the from the moment the ball bounced to was one of my absolute highlights. Like we were, we were vicious. We were hunting. Waller was hunting, and everybody in that forward line was chased. They didn't have room. Even to even guys like Perkins was tackling well. Um, Devin Smith was to obviously brought his his more of his pressure side, and I just felt like they just had to either got tackled or rush the ball out and had to kick it long on occasions, and then. You know, we'll talk after the break. The whole the back six just said thank you very much. Yeah, so it was, it was very interesting to see the kind of exits that Adelaide attempted or did in fact make out of their forward fifty. Geez, it, it reminded me a lot of two or three years ago, the way yeah. Essendon were getting the ball out of their um out of their back line. <laughs> yeah. Just that whole hurried cross it across the body, boom it outside fifty if you possibly can. Teams like Richmond and Alex Bloody Rance and all those guys, 
they just stood with exactly what we did. They stood there and ate it for breakfast. They couldn't get past the wall. It was great. So yeah, let's let's go to a break and we'll have a chat about those boys. All right. So uh, yeah. Uh, so I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't almost set up there, but yes. <laughs> let's go to a break. Uh, uh, yeah, and we'll go after that. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, the back six, Scotty. Oh, look, just uh, as dominant as a back six performance I can remember from an Eston side. All of them. All of them. Cutler included. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all all on song. Gleason included, and we'll say as well. Oh, Muddy, Gleason, just, I mean, all those people that, uh, oh, Gleason, we should bring in Durham. We should, uh, he was in good form. In shame. He was in good form in the VFL. That's why I'd never yep. had an issue. He was in, at some point, He's only 26 or 27. He's not 31 and going, uh, yeah. and I know he's had the ankle and he just hasn't always, he hasn't come back the same. I get all the narratives, but I will say he plays Heppel's role. He's 26 or 27. He's been in the top three in the VFL nearly every, every game he's played. I have no problem with rewarding form because, uh, because the guys who are being mentioned didn't have that form. Uh, Reed obviously is out for the year. Durham is an interesting one. Like he, he, in the last two weeks, he hasn't set the world on fire. And I go, well, look at the future, sure, but I still want him to get uh, play better. I still want yeah, guys to reward for him. Show something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had no issue with Gleason coming in um, and and having a message to the whole group, no matter where you are, that you perform and, and there's a spot up for grabs. You, you, you'll get rewarded for it. So I have no issue with that. So, the, I mean, obviously, the, the Laverde just seemed to, I don't know, it felt like he had 30 marks just when you're watching the game. Uh, man, he he was absolutely everywhere. And I'm, I've, I've seen him play in the midfield. We've seen him play in the forward line. We've seen him play all over the shop. I don't ever think I've seen this kid with stickier hands in all my life. He's taken grabs... Like he's bustling the guy out in front of him and he's taking last second grabs over his head. He's running in front of packs and taking grabs. He's complimenting Jordan Ridley absolutely perfectly. Like he is the he is the absolute master, Jordan Ridley. He, at running uh, he's a people. master of the high ball and when to legally nudge his opponent underneath it and give him some yeah. space to mark it. Uh, he is a master at it. He, he's timing... In, in when to go for the mark and just how to get rid of his opponent legally is really exceptional. And I mean, yeah, it's just what a crazy breakout breakout year he's having. Oh my! And Jaden's could have taken a bit of of Jordan's leave by. There seemed like a huge, big, long ball will come in, and all of the the forwards and the backmen that are entangled with each other are sort of that no one's really going to make a real clean effort at the ball and get the ball. And you see Jaden or Jordan just slide in right at the right moment and be the only one that's really clean and confident and take the mark. Everybody else seems a bit sort of helter skelter. Oh, will I get my hands on it? Won't I? All of a sudden Jordan just slides in 
yeah. takes a mark on his chest up high, but takes he's a, a mark. very graceful defender. That's it. And then Jaden will do the same thing. Like around the ground, he'll just be, he'll lock arms with some dude. And then at the last second, he's given him a good nudge and taken a mark and just, it's amazing the difference um, that those two guys mean to our back line. And then we could talk about for the next 45 minutes, those two blokes, but what about Mason Redmond? Oh, Red Dog, man. That's, I mean, I had him personally. That's it's one of the best games I've seen him. Play. I had him personally. Bog, I actually we, we I went to the VFLW semi-final at Victoria Park. Um, obviously had to cleanse myself and shower before uh, I entered the yeah. ground. But um, yeah, uh, Redmond's was watching on. All credit to him too. Um, and I had to say it. Like I walked past him, he looked at me, and he said, "Hey," and I went. Man, you're you a BOG man. You're a BOG, and he just had a big smile. But uh, he was, uh, yeah, he was uh, just in killer form. I think he had what twenty five possessions, eleven marks. Yeah, just crazy. Uh, that's yeah, that could be close to his best game he's played for the club. But and by footy was great. He was taking marks across half back. He's still got quickness. I mean, not not still. I mean, he's always been a quick dude, but. He's really the the full package back there at the moment. He's playing on smaller blokes. He's playing on guys that are marking. He knows when to go the the golden fist whenever required. I tell you what, like three of those blokes, Laverde, Redmond, and and Ridley, at the moment are. And then you got just... Hind- Then you got Hindy. <laughs> and then there's the other thing, mate. Like I had Hindy well and truly in my top three. He again just burned everybody off. He was chasing dudes. He was putting his body on the line. Again, in the air, he was um, he was effective. On the ground, he's really good. By foot, he was awesome. Um, those I reckon those blokes are just spending a lot of time together because there is a lot of knowledge between those um, uh, three or four blokes as to where they are on a footy field. And it looks utterly seamless at the moment. Oh, you know... Jerry and Syracuse's stock is going up massively with, uh, you know, with, you know, the start of the year coming over saying, you're going to be the defensive coach. Never played, never been a defensive coach. Um, getting then Hindy coming in from a trade saying, hey, we're going to play our captain Heppel down back. Uh, first time since his first two years at the club. We're going to move Stuart. At full back, by the way, uh, from yeah, full hey, forward. Hey, just just let's before we slide past him. I again, I, I see a progression in that bloke. That like last week didn't go as well as he would have liked. That's cool. But here's another bloke who is really showing that real good balance between. And like you know, when that you put a you put a forward down back because you think that maybe they understand how the backmen work a little bit because they've been have they've been having them hang off their shoulders for the last however many years. Yep. But Jimmy Stewart is exactly that. Jimmy Stewart is showing this really good balance between being a defender, i.e. knowing that you need to stand behind your guy and just and volley spike it into next week every now and then. But also too if you think you can go and get the ball go and get it like a forward does like have that mentality. So I, I he's I mean, the other the other three to four blokes are just performing outrageously good, but Jimmy Stewart, mate, for a four, for his first half a dozen games down back, is doing brilliantly as well. Yeah, look, the the only thing I will say on Stewart, which is not overly a massive negative, by the way, but he does have a tendency to grab his opponent's arm 
Uh, and the umpires when, he's, when he knows he's beat, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. just he hangs on to dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and agree. the ump and, it, and it's a bit obvious. Uh, and the umpires are picking it up. That's the only look. It's a small thing, and um, I've seen Sean McCoon do it for six years. So um, yeah. yeah, so but it, it's just something to get. You know, just it's not it's not an uh, an epidemic of of holding, but it's it's just a uh, it's just a you just wanted to get a little bit out of his game because there was some moments like there was one where Ridley had the whole thing covered, right? He was actually just about to, you know, either mark it or punch it, and Stewart's held his man, and we actually had the whole thing covered, and they've they've had a shot on goal, so it's just a small thing. But look, I get the whole point though is the the whole back seven. Uh, in Cutler played obviously his best game for a while for the club at yeah. rotating through halfback and midfield. So they, they played really, really well. It was exactly what the doctor ordered. 21 points, man. You can't go wrong at 21 points. No, uh, now, I will, you know, it, it's uh, just on another subject. That was one of the worst performed uh, teams as far as ball movement you would ever want to see. Like, uh, I've never seen a team kick real. sideways. They were, they were sideways the whole game. Yeah. And it was the most easy to set up game defensively you'd want. You go, you're just the biggest thank you. You go, their coach must have been just pulling at his hair going, what I, yeah, the hell yeah, are I you don't, doing? Don't understand that, man. Like I, I, I have never and remain unhappy with sideways kicking of a football. <clears throat> um Oh, it, it drives me nuts. We used to do it all the it time. It drives me nuts. Oh, yeah. but it's that, so that, easy to defend. Yeah, it, it it's just it's waste time. It the other team sets up to the you know perfectly perfection. Yeah, and you just go why why if it's an aggressive kick into the midfield to to let loose, I have no problem. You know, it's kind of that that seventy to seventy degree kind of forty meter kick into the midfield. It's more like an aggressive kick. No problem if you're in space. Uh, and yep. you're running through the midfield. There's a difference between going from wing and going it through the midfield because you're opening up the two wings to, you know, to the kicker. Fine, but when it's just in that back pocket, uh, or the worst kick for me is actually when you are in the middle and you kick it sideways thirty meters, and then you're actually trapped in the corner. Uh, I hate that kick, and it's just going. Yeah, oh. I, I don't. I don't mind. They did a couple of like side swaps. You know that thing where. Yeah. You might be on a half forward flank and you go straight back to the fullback with a decent 30, 40 meter kick back to the fullback who's wide open. Um, and then he kicks it way out the opposite side and you just try that side that I don't mind, but geez, Adelaide were man, their backwards kicks were like 90 degrees backwards. And then just another 15 meter kick and another 15 meter kick. So the, they were real bad and they probably would have benefited from having Tex uh, Walker there as well. But geez, that's one of the worst games of footy I've ever seen. And then you got to take that into account as well is that when Scotty and I, I was, it brought back memories, brought back memories of the Croydon Leisure Centre. Um, when Scotty and I and the basketball team we used to play with, we'd come up against a real, real, real bad side. Like there were, there were some big dudes, ex footballers in the off season who didn't know how to play football they did sorry, didn't know how to play basketball. They did know how to, to throw elbows and stuff though <laughs> yes. on a basketball court. And they had no idea what they were doing on a basketball court. So here, here was us trying to be all bloody professional and in our Air Jordans and stuff, trying to play properly. Setting screens and blocks and doing everything. Setting screens and blocks and all sorts of good stuff. And 
we invariably played down to their level because we just we couldn't do anything we wanted to do because they were such a fugly team. So you got to take that into account with Essendon. It was just there wouldn't have been any flow to the game because Adelaide just was stinking the joint up. Oh, and they had one or two guys spearman down our forward line. So I know it was very hard to find some space to spread. It was just an ugly game where we just won. It felt like we just won each quarter by fifteen to twenty points. And that's just, and we just, and by the end of the game you won by sixty three and you just you get in a car go home and go see your North Melbourne done. in nine 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 days yeah done thanks very much that's one of those ones where yeah you I don't know that there's going to be much highlight package um, that Truck's going to say right boys here's what you did good da, da, da. they're gonna, he's going to say you applied a level of consistency um, the forward line pressure was outrageously good um, and I reckon he'll just go. Every now and then, boys, we all know you got to play fugly. you got to play one of those games. You do it, you beat them, you move on, you forget about that game because I can assure you Adelaide have. And um, <laughs> there, we'll see North in a couple of weeks where we'll probably be up against that the same thing. We've got to do the same yeah. thing again. Uh, one, one of the key learnings I think the coaching group will have, which is a really positive development, even though he was quiet, was Par- Parrish getting his first heavy tag. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just part of your development because he's still very young. Uh, but one, it's a it's a massive compliment to him. The the team kind of approached it that way. And Absolutely. You know, to half time, I actually thought he handled the tag brilliantly. He had sixteen disposals and four clearances, and he was doing fine. Um, whether because whether I mean he only had three disposals after half time. He did go with the interchange yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, but whether they. Whether just mentally because the game was over, he just he just kind switched of switched off a smidge. Switched off a smidge, which I kind of you know a little bit understand, um, but I think overall it's a you know it's a really good lesson for him. Uh, at least at least the midfield coaches and and truck can now talk about that. What did you learn from it? What you know? What were you doing? Um, how can you get separation? But um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a really good development for him and and i'm you know it's good for us that we won by 10 goals and parish had very little impact on the game as well absolutely and it shows you shows you the likes of jakey stepping up and nick hine getting plenty and the back line do what they need to do um will snelling came in and and got 24 touches as well so yeah maybe after uh maybe after another break we'll come back and have a bit more of a chat about uh a bit of uh, individual brilliance from um, a certain long-haired, reasonably attractive unit in the (laughs) forward line. What do you reckon? Let's go. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, if we switch away from the all-encompassing and dead-set legend that were the back half of the ground. To the bronze goddess. To the, to <laughs> the long haired Fabio legend um, of a good-looking after-five operator. <laughs> In his breakout game, Mr. Archie, the Perkinator Perk. 
No, it look. It was exciting, wasn't it? It was exciting. It was. Uh, he was. He was aggressive for the ball. That's what we wanted to see. Yeah, he had. That was by far the most aggressive mindset he's gone into a game where, you know, he actually had been very, very unselfish and very. But this time, you know, it felt like, oh, I'm on, and give me the ball kind of feel to the game, and I want to yeah. score. I want to score goals and. Um. Yeah. Look, in the end, he actually. If I'm being honest, I thought he actually should end up kicking about five. Um. But, uh, but which is a compliment to him. But uh, you know, three Huge. goals, three goals, three. He was all over the place. I thought he pressured well. Um. I mean, obviously, his third goal near the boundary line, breaking through the two guys, and just a nice little check side. Thanks uh, for coming. <laughs> it's it's all pretty to see, and and that's the Archie Perkins. I think we all saw in the highlights. Yeah, kind yeah. of real when we saw him in the in the TAC in his cup in his first year, um, so you know it, it's it was it was good for him because he had been down for a little bit, if I'm being honest, and and uh, you know Jonesy obviously getting rising star, Coxie getting rising star, and I just thought, oh, I just underneath felt like oh, Archie needs a little bit of a breakout game just to say, hey guys, I'm here, like I'm long term, I'm 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 going to be a good player. Yeah, he was he was progressing, I guess. Well, I mean, quietly up, but was, okay. Yeah. yeah, he was. We got Nick Cox, who's just a, a like a unicorn kind of footballer, and he's capable of anything. Um, then we got Harry Jones, who's what this is his second season, so he's he's progressing like he should do. He's kicking us a couple of games. Well, you mean stuff. second season, but played two games total AFL VFL last year. He got long-term yeah. injury, right? So it's yeah, right. kind of second season, but not in some ways. That, that's also true. But I mean, and Perks was just, he was learning the game. He was, he was getting low numbers, but he was doing okay when he got it. And he's the kind of guy that you go, okay, well, he's not going to, he's not going to exceed expectations like Nick Cox. He's going to, He's going to take some time and that's perfectly okay, man. Cause he's a kid and he's a rookie and that's fine. But to see him have that kind of a game where he was, and I wonder if, I wonder if he was just a bit shy. Maybe he didn't want to sort of put his hand up and go after the ball as much, but in this game, he was all over the shop. He really wanted the ball went yeah. after it. And I reckon he's starting to feel like he's belongs in the side. Now he's really got a level of confidence up and that as another goal kicking option as a high half forward is brilliant. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, the timing was really, really good because I mean, you have, you know, I, I don't know what the outcome is, but you have a possible Langford hamstring, which maybe if that's the case, it's three or four weeks. Yeah, um, nice. yeah you have. Uh, I it's pretty much known that Dylan Shiel, um is gonna, still a ways off. It's still it? a ways off. Uh, so like three to three to four. Yeah. Kind of. So if we'll wait for the news tomorrow, but if that Langford injury does prove to be a hamstring, you're going to need as every possible midfield forward rotation as possible as possible. So and, I said possible Archie's twice, but, but yeah. Uh, but you're going to have to have Snelling, uh, Archie, Stringer all rotating through that midfield and playing more minutes in the midfield. So you kind of need them up and about. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's. But that you know, it's he definitely is a one-touch player. Given that he he's not a fumble player, uh, he's he's got very short hands. Um, he's still thin. He's still a, he's still a young fellow, and he's still thin. But geez, he's you can see the the 
the quickness is there. You can see the goal senses there. And he just needs, he just needs a bit more time. So I'm hugely, hugely happy with the way he, he went after the ball and his confidence. And that's a, just on, a, on, on the other young guy, Jonesy, that is a crazy stat, isn't it? That after he's no zero uh, three in the first game, where and there was like a headlines all over the place about, oh no, is oh, is this another Joe? And you yeah, know, he can't kick. He can't kick. <laughs> Since round two, he's twenty goals three. That oh, is man, that is great. Uh, he is as dead set. I mean, I mean, I tried to tell people like, don't worry, man. This guy will kick him straight very quickly. Uh, you just have to watch training, but uh, it's so good to see a reliable forward uh, that if he takes the mark, because seriously in his second and third year, when he bulks up and starts taking quite a few marks, 20 goals, three, like that's going to translate. You you, you triple your amount of shots on goal. Think about it. Like, (laughs) like this is him at year one uh, kind of playing a full year you get the ball three more times when your forward craft is much better and your delivery is going well, uh, you know, 60, 60 goals, nine sounds good. Uh, and mate, that accuracy is worth its weight in gold. Like you, if you can kick him from most anywhere, it doesn't like if you, if you're missing them, missing them is like, I mean, Kyle Hooker, great, great marking forward. I can't believe I just said that. Um, He's taking marks, he's taking grabs, but whenever he gets his hands on it, it's 50-50, baby, as to whether or not it goes through. But with Harry, if he's marking it a lot in that forward line, 20 goals, three, I don't even know what the statistics is for that, um, what the percentage is, but it would be a lot. It would be extremely high. Um, If he's taking marks, mate, it's almost automatic for him at 20 goals, three. So that accuracy is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, it's, uh, it's. I mean, that's why I say all the even with Cox. You know, we talked last week about you know we're carrying a, quite a lot of guys, and the improvement's going to come from that bottom ten, just playing their role. They don't have to star, but just playing their role, um, and, and just and just to, so we have a more even contrib- contribution. And that's how I thought this game played exactly out. I mean, even Devin Smith after halftime, I thought his forward pressure was good. He did some really good unselfish stuff, got into the game, mm. helped us create some score involvements. Uh, Nick Cox got 18 possessions. You know, Archie's kicked 3-3. Three, three, uh, and, and suddenly Cutler played a really good game. Gleason held his own down back. And once you get that bottom 10 players all playing their role uh, and contributing, your side becomes so much more stronger. And for a while... We were, we were having kind of our top six to eight guys working out their butt off and carrying a lot of load. But this time, Parrish didn't have the big game. And the other guys, you know, Snelling, like you said, Snelling with 24. Other guys stepped up, played their role. And that would be the thing that Truck would be preaching the whole week. This is what happens when the 22 guys all contribute. Uh, yeah. This is the result. 10 goals. Yeah, this is what it's happens. 10 goal wins. So... Um, one, yep. one extra bloke I'd like to include in there that um, that received the Grand Toss blowtorch of, blowtorch of truth uh, last week, um, and that was S. Draper. Now, um, a much improved game from Sammy, a much improved A step game. up, yes, a step up. A step up, especially at, what, quarter time or half time when he came out? Quarter and- time, yeah. Quarter time, I reckon he got a rev because I thought his first quarter was really timid and quiet. Yeah. And then... 
The next 15 minutes after the second quarter. He was nicked at. He was running <laughs> with the ball. He was just extra efforts, second efforts on the ground. He was throwing his weight around. He took tr- a mark. He did some stuff. <laughs> he was Chris Judd on a winger for a moment. <laughs> all, all of a sudden, the man is running like he's nicked at, right? So that's the, that's the kind of Sammy Draper that we need. Now, again, the other... You put on top of that that, yeah, that looks flashy and it looks great for the half a dozen times that he did it. But we lost the hitouts 43 to 26. Now, I just, I want to see more out of Sammy. I really do. He needs to get, he can't just, and as much as now he's going to say, well, I, I lifted my game physically, Grant. What else do you bloody want? Well, what I want, mate, is to use that enormous 105 kegs and jumping out of the gym to get, your hand on the ball and i know yeah i know that's rock craft and i know that's that sort of stuff but i just i want to see him start to beat other ruckmen like badly i want him to, to beat them and do you know what is if you break down that stat right that 43 to 27 so what happens he's basically calling it even for the center bounces which means the big run and jump is is either even or and he actually had four or five tap outs to our favor fine yeah. the he absolutely gets smashed on the stoppages around the ground yeah so that's you know if you're bell chambers the ruck coach that's where you've really got to go okay sammy what happens when you don't have that seven meter kind of run up and leap what happens when it's you just kind of just game. you're yeah. just you're just under the ball and it's kind of that just that standstill vertical you know leap up um and, and that's how can you make more uh have an effect with our mids um, and that's just a that is development, but it was interesting just seeing that stat going. Okay, I can see what's happening when he gets a run up, he's fine. Like we're actually mm. doing out of the center set of bounce, we're doing fine when it's around the ground and it's just that little little throw up from the umpire, and it's you don't have that big run up. He he he's not that. That's where you know, like a Maxi Gorn and that they have such great body technique and mm. craft. Um, to, 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 it's a different style of ball up. Uh, and that's just his development. That's, you go, okay, if I'm the off season, Bill Bell Chambers, okay, let's, let's, let's have a look at this. Let's look at some videotape. Let's have some videotape of Gorn. Uh, and let, let's see what he's doing. Yeah. Because you've got the frame to do it. And I'd love to see him trying it now. Like I'd love to see him the, something he's trying. He's just seems he's all raw and he's all bloody effort. And he's a, in this game, he was bumping dudes and second efforts and picking up the ball and bloody running with it. Good on you, Sammy, mate. That's what we want. Attitude fine. Attitude was good. Attitude, yeah. Mate. In, and he's got after the game, mate, could you see a happier bloke in your entire <laughs> life? <mate? laughs> yeah. He's hilarious. You've got to love the bloke to death, but um, yeah, the, the next steps that he, I want him to be working on now so that he can be, he can be that special player for us in, in, not in five years' time, like in like 24 months' time or 18 months' time, I want him to be really starting to progress that potential, past potential. Yeah. Um, show us a little bit of a Maxi Gorn move that you've tried or show us what Belly's tried to do. And if it doesn't quite work, it doesn't quite work. But, yeah, just, he, he needs to do that more, that enthusiasm from start to finish in the game because we've seen him do it. Match enthusiasm with, with Ruckcraft. Uh, that's and, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More enthusiasm is great, especially at 105 kilos and 23 years old. That I mean, what I wouldn't give to be that again. But you then have to sort of go, right, I will. I, I made my big burst out of the center, which equated to absolutely nothing when I did it. But um, 
now I need to learn the nitty gritty of which way my hand should be positioned or whether or not at, well, talk to Jordan Ridley about how to bump a guy at the last second and get away with it and all this sort of stuff. So, um, couple of torch removed. Yes, exactly. Attitude was a, probably was the key one there. So brilliant. Yeah. A uh, couple of players can I mention one? I, I, it sounds bad that I'm I'm just lightly saying this because it was actually in my votes, which sounds bad, but he's played like he played all year. Zachy Merritt, love your work. Thirty-five disposals, A, a grade, a, just yeah, a grade. Just having a man. sensational year. I I don't want to feel like I'm taking for granted, but you've been doing it every game, nearly every, and and uh, yeah. Thank God you're at our club for the next six years. That's all I have to say. But I want to mention Jakey Stringer. And the, oh. and a different Jakey Stringer that came out this game because we spoke about it on the podcast, right, about Jakey Stringer within 55, I reckon, should have any license to shoot for goal. That's personally me. There's some, pl- there's some players that have X factor and can take on a game and do things that no other players can do and you give him license to, he's the perfect candidate for that. He's right up there with them, yep. What he was doing recently was more when he was 75 or 65 yards out trying to do too much uh, and where there was better options to lower your eyes. And he was kind of kicking the ball as if he could kick the goal and was landing five yards out in front. And and it kind of was just nothing plays. This game, he was streaming out of the midfield and not every play worked. I get that. He missed some kicks. But the attitude was, I think, I think what the coaches would have picked up, that he was definitely lowering his eyes nearly every time running, streaming out of the midfield uh, and trying to create and trying to get uh, better score involvements. And just on that alone, I, I loved Jake Stringer's game. I thought it was a much, it was a very mature game where he had the balance of, I can do this freakish goal within 50 and gets it, and then from outside 60, I need to actually look for teammates because literally I can't kick that far. <laughs> so uh, yeah. so uh, he had a really good balance of team play. If he does that, and look, he's showing the world uh, that the world, <laughs> the world, it's, the world, the world. <laughs> it sounded more grandiose than I really meant. Um, <laughs> but he's showing at least the club and fans if he can go up another level of fitness next year, he easily could be a premier midfield midfielder in the competition. Whether they want to go down that angle or not, and they want to stay, keep him forward a lot, but he has that ability. If he was 20% more fitter, and he's actually quite in pretty good shape now. So, it's, But just to go to that next level, he really could dominate games. Uh, from- his, his last half a dozen games of football have been – Brilliant. He must like, be averaging. Oh, yeah, he must be averaging himself about 25, 26 yeah. possessions the last five weeks yeah, and four I weeks. Agree. And, and, I just, and probably two goals a game. Yeah, and when I when you say things like um, he could be a premier mid, I I reckon Jakey's Jakey's time as a premier mid in the comp is past him, right? Or I, 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 one or two years left. It's 26, 27, so it's not crazy. Yeah, maybe, but I, I just think Jakey's role, we're, we're playing him in the middle – because he's damn good at it, right? And I just the only thing I worry about Jake is that he's been he has been injury prone for the last couple of years. That's the yeah, that's the concern. Yeah, yeah. And I just worry that we're playing him for good like 60%, 70% of his time more even um of his time in the midfield. And I mean, it's also not lost on me that <laughs> 
I don't mean to be nasty about Jakey here and don't take this the wrong way, but Jakey's got a contract renewal coming up and uh, he's uh, <laughs> He's putting in the hard yards as that uh, as that process continues. Oh, he's smart. Background. He's being smart, right? Of course he is. Mm-hmm. Good lord, man! Like that's that's just very smart footballer. But um, I just I would like to see him more uh, managed. Meaning, I don't mean out for periods of time. I just mean Jakey should be living around the half forward inside fifties. So, and when the when there's a, a um, a ball up around the ground, sort of half forward, inside 50 and places like that. That's where I want Jake playing in the yeah. midfield, right? He can pinch hit in the center if, if they've got bulls in there that require a bull to oppose them, then great. But he's in there from the first bounce throughout the whole game. And I, I mean, just, yeah, but you, you're stuck with the shield called Will McGrath. Yeah, and, oh, I, know, I know exactly why they're doing it. Exactly yeah, yeah, they they're they're really are stuck. They are really stuck. And if, if Langer's... Geez, we hope not. If Langer's um, hammy is not good, um, then that's a, a, a key yeah. midfielder, man. That's 20-odd touches that we're going to miss, which means we're going to extra rely on Jake. Especially a marking midfielder. Yeah, yeah. A marking midfielder. So, yeah, look, I Jake Stringer's last half a dozen games, I think people have just sort of, oh, that's just Jakey, mate. That's just Jakey. No, no mate, he's... He's in really good form. Yeah. Really good form. And, again, it's like it's like merit and that's... The, Merritt now and Red Dog and and Hindy, not Hindy, but Red Dog, the players that were around in the last couple of years of Worsfold, they look like different footballers now. Merritt was an average footballer under Worsfold. He was better than average. He's now that A grade. If he doesn't make All-Australian, I'll go he. He's kicking Connor. so much better, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just A grade in the same breath as Bont and all those kind of guys, right? Um, and Jakey's doing the same thing. Jakey's just taken another massive step. He's and for you to say what you said before about the the um, unselfishness, not that it's unselfish for Jake. Like you, you Jake gets license. There are very few. When when I played in the, a cricket club a while back, there are very few players, very few batsmen that get licensed to do what they want. You get instructed to go out there, put your head down and your rear end up and accumulate some runs. Nope. Some batsman, um, he'll, he'll probably never listen to this, but it'll be great to say his name, right? Theo Porcinides was a guy that I played cricket with who had a license. When I was captain, his license was to whatever you want to do, Theo. If the first one's there, mate, put it back over his head. But other batsmen were told to put, including my damn self, uh, were, were told to uh, put your head down and your rear end up. Jakey gets a license anywhere up to and including 55 metres. But for him to also understand now and, and, and implement it into a game to try and hit dudes on a lead, that's the old Jake Stringer no longer exists. That sort of the, the old bloke that used to play at the dogs and who was well and truly happy with what he saw in the mirror. It no longer exists. He's still the package, don't get me wrong, but we're getting the absolute best out of Jake Stringer now. No, we are. And look, uh, I don't want to miss this guy because I thought it was a really mature game, but Peter Wright actually, um, I thought, helped out in the fence when he needed to by rotating back. I thought he rucked quite okay. Um, And then he's kicked two goals to himself. I thought it was a really mature, good good game uh, from Pete. Right, righty. I can't. I don't know that I can say anything wrong about righty. I mean, it's 
I mean, what's he taken? He's only taken like four marks, but um, 12 possessions, 75%, two goals, two. Now, Peter Wright, is he going to be Jeremy Cameron? No, but he just, he's doing nothing wrong at our footy club at the moment. And I think Sammy could have a look at Peter Wright and, and how he's moving around the ground. And he's not just a one-dimensional um, forward. Like I think they tried to play him on the Gold Coast. So um, a, a, a massive uh, well done to Peter Wright. I thought, yeah, I thought he was really good. Um, so look, it's a, yeah, it's, it's across the board. I thought the biggest pleasing aspect by far was, like I said before, was that the whole team, everyone played a role. Uh, and I think that's what the mantra truck, uh, Carousella and Gia are trying to preach that everyone needs to show up, uh, play a role. And when you do that, we're going to be a really strong team. We've got North Melbourne coming up. Uh, I never take anything for granted because it, say, if, say if Langer's is, is out next week, you, you know, it's another mid-rotation down. Should we win? Yes. Um, but, you know, it's not going to be they're, – they're definitely playing better football. Nothing's ever easy in the I, AFL. I keep hearing that North Melbourne are playing better football than they used to. Yeah, they've, they're, they've definitely got stronger as the year's gone on. And they might not be winning games, but they're like – well, they are winning some, but they're, they're definitely playing much better football. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's um, – but, I mean, you've Marvel? got – Yeah, well, I think we've got four in a row at Marvel now. So Nice. So nice. we've got GWS, Sydney. Um, so we've, yeah, we've, got, we've got a bit of a Marvel territory for a while. So, um, actually, it was freezing – <laughs> oh way. mate, with the with the wind with the roof open. Yeah, it was that uh, was uh, that was headlights anonymous. That was and look and by the way, um, uh, one of the teams just above us, the Giants, just lost to the Suns by one point. Uh, the Suns beat them if you don't mind. So uh, the Suns, uh, you know, two in a row for the Suns, two upsets in a row. Um, but they gee, they helped us out there. So um, nice. But, but like, as people remind me on Twitter, we're we're destined, we're, our destiny's in our own hands. We're, we're just going to keep winning, um, and but with the idea that yes, it's a development year, so we're not not that not everything rolls on a, a top eight finish. But if you keep improving and we keep getting guys having good performances and 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 playing their role, then uh, it will will take a massive step next year, I can. And that's the thing that everybody still needs to to keep uh, firmly in the front of their minds. This is still a development year. I know we're performing very well and we just beat a side by 10 goals and people want ruthlessness and they want Essendon to be Richmond and just destroy teams and win premierships and da 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 Yes, yep, absolutely. No one more than Scotty and I wants that. But brand new head coach, brand new assistant coaches, new chairman of the board, new board members, new footballers, new rookies, new everybody, new game plan from top to bottom. This year is bedding that in. Next yep. year, the start of it will be the same thing. Maybe we can have slightly better expectations for next year if we get all their players back, then great. But don't forget, Dylan and, and, and Caldwell and all those guys, they haven't played in this team. So they won't have, they, they're not going to be as well versed in the game plan as the, as the other mids that have. So even the start of next year is still going to be a learning experience for these guys. But to, to win by 10 goals, to beat good sides, to win in West Coast is is great experience for the, the players, great experience for them to come together as a group, to learn, develop, there's that word again, 
um, so that they're ready next year and the year after. Yeah, and I look, I, I say this, I've said this a couple of times with podcasts, so sorry if I kept repeating this, but I, you do hear coaches talk about how a percentage to them is quite an interesting barometer, like they, they, the, the team's percentage, and we historically have always been in the late 80s or early 90s in percentage. We've just always had a poor percentage. Uh, we're 11th on the ladder and we've got the 7th best percentage at 103. I think that's a, a huge thing to hang our heads on that how much we've improved uh, because what it tells you is we're not losing by big margins or we're either winning or, or just losing. Uh, yeah. And we've probably lost, you know, I'm, I'm on top of my head, six games by under 20 points and probably four by under 10 points. Um, so we're right in it every week and, and the, the consistency uh, we may have some turnovers and we have, have some clangers, but the consistency of effort has been by far one of the most pleasing aspects of the Essendon Football Club 2021. Uh, yeah. And that's a credit to everyone. And uh, we're going into every game thinking, you know, we have a chance. And that's that's really nice. Like we went into Richmond and we went into and, – and you hear fans talking like, oh, I think we can, can, can cause an upset. But – nice isn't it it's nice that we're thinking that way like every week we go oh no we've got a chance uh, or we're gonna win or so it's it's um, a I huge reckon improvement that's born from the the consistency yeah yeah oh yeah the consistency it's of effort I mean our two main thrashings were really in the first month uh, and and that's obviously a new group got together um you know so after that after that Brisbane game early on in the year we have been probably 10 games in a row either should have won just lost or, or, you know, all won. Um, so it's a nice feeling to know that nobody would like to play us. No, no one exactly. wants to, well, no one would want to play Essendon just in case, just in case we had a really good day and Darcy went ballistic and Merritt does what he does and Jakey kicks three and Harry kicks three and, and oh, look out Archie Perkins has popped up for two as well. So that's a nice feeling. Is it, is it a feeling that I think we can, we can beat, bloody Richmond again in a, in a final or whoever it is, eh, probably not just yet, right? Probably just not yet. But it's a damn nice feeling knowing that North will be really seriously worried about us this week and we'll be going into the game as favourites. That's a great feeling. Yeah. And look, the, the timing of a nine-day break is really nice for us, if I'm being honest. We had those two yeah. six-day breaks. You could tell we are a little bit tired. I thought we came out after a seven-day break this game much better. Uh, with a bit more run, we're gonna have a nine-day break this time. Uh, so you know, it, it's 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 gonna help us out big time. So, look, uh, not much else for me. Uh, I think uh, we'll go to the North Melbourne game uh, next yep. on Sunday. We'll have our uh, our normal Patreon show, our team selection show on Thursday night. That would be the extended speaking of the Patreons. Uh, yep, go for it. Now, speaking of the Patreons, a massive thank you to all of our Patreons. Um, for those that have uh, new listeners to the podcast. Um, Scotty and I have a Patreon site, Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast on Patreon. Um, so Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast forward slash Patreon. Um, uh, no, Eve, that would be the <laughs> the other way around. Um, Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash Lunchtime Catch-Up. I've only said that a hundred times. Um, get over there and check us out. For as little as three bucks, um, you can get two extra weeks. Oh, two extra weeks. I'm, I'm on fire. Two extra shows a week. Did someone That's have a little it. nanny nap before this show? Let's I had a nana nap. I'm, I'm okay with admitting it. You know, I had a nana nap. Um, I think I haven't quite woken up yet, though. Um, 
<laughs> yes, two extra shows a week. Um, one on the Thursday night for the team selection show, exclusive for our Patreons. And then directly after the game, if we're not at the game, um, we do a uh, post-game reaction show. And even if we are at the game, we still do it the next uh, morning as early as Scotty and I can drag our bones out of bed. Um, so for three bucks a month, not a week, three bucks a month, you get two extra shows. Um, they build a great little team of, uh, of guys and girls over there on the Patreon. So come and check us out. Um, and a massive thank you to our uh, existing Patreons. Yeah, big, big time. So thank you, everyone. Uh, hopefully a big... Um Week, let's hoping we get a Jake Stringer signing information. That would be nice. Yes, that's is. Um, all the best to Langers, mate. I sincerely hope it's a little niggle and that's about it, mate. Yeah, all the, all the best. Uh, congratulations to Devin Smith's engagement last night. Great to hear yes. um, from all of us at the show. Uh, and thank you to everyone, uh, Patreon and non-Patreon, for for just checking it out. If you're a first-time listener, I hope you enjoyed it. We're mad, yep. passionate Essendon fans. Uh, we've been best friends basically for 40 years. Uh, That's pretty much it. Since we're like six years old. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's just two mad best friends who, who supported the club and we're passionate about the club and we, you know, we always have a bit of an optimistic side to us, but we like to try and keep it real as much as possible. But we really want to thank you for listening to the show. Uh, we're excited about North Melbourne this week. Let's go, Bombers. Grant us goodbye and goodbye. Farewell. Goodbye to everybody.